Hey everybody and welcome back to the Dynamite Entertainment Weekly Podcast. I'm your host Chris Parton and this is for Wednesday, December 17th, 2008. Hope everybody's had a great week so far and has recovered from the weekend. It's Wednesday, so if you haven't, I want to look into that. <laughs> uh, this episode, we're going to go over some, uh, some a little bit of news, some new releases, a lot of new releases, some upcoming stuff, and we're going to talk to Man With No Name's uh, first writer, Christos Gage. But before we get into all that, I want to remind all of you to go and check out our website over at www.dynamiteentertainment.com. Check out all the stuff that we've got there, all the books that we've got coming out, and a whole slew of other things. And while you're there, be sure to check out the blog so you can get all the all the info that we've got going on, as well as check out our forums, which are found over at www.dynamiteentertainment.com slash boards, or you can click on the forums link once you get over to the main site. Hopefully you'll check that out and you'll join our community. We love it every time when we get new people there and and uh, discuss the things that, that we have going on at Dynamite, the things that you like, questions that you may have about the series or just dynamite in general be sure to go over there post and join the community a little bit of news that we have going on just two real big things uh first thing if you want to check out some preview art of some of the books that we have coming out this week you can go over to comic book resources they have preview pages for black terror number two terminator revolution number one zora number nine the Boys Definitive Edition, yes, that hits the shelves this week. As well as uh, hardcovers for The Lone Ranger Volume 2 and Jungle Girl Season 1. So be sure to get over to comicbookresources.com and scroll, scroll through there and find our preview pages there. And then when you check those out, I'm sure you're going to want to go and pick up the books at your local shop. So go and do that, please. Uh, you can go check out some other stuff we've got over at newsarama.com, they have an advanced review of our new original miniseries, Dead Irons, which hits the sell- shelves excuse me, in February 2009. This miniseries is written by James Kuhurik of our Army of Darkness fame, so you know it's going to be one creepy story. It's also drawn by Jason Alexander and is under the art direction of Jay Lee. So I know all of you are going to want to check that out. With the review, there uh, there's some cover art there. You can check out some preview pages of Dead Irons in the interview that Newsarama did uh, just today, which is Tuesday the 16th. They did uh, a quick interview with artist Jason Alexander, and there's some preview pages there. So you can check all that out and really get hyped up about this upcoming miniseries, and like I said, it comes out in February 2009, so if you have not got this on your list of things to pick up, you need to do that. You need to reserve your copies and be sure to check it out. Let's take a look at the new releases that are coming out this Wednesday, December 17th. We've got three monthly issues, a single floppy issue, and we have three hardcovers coming out. And I know this is a huge week. Last week was a big week for Dynamite. This week is an even bigger week. So let's check out the first big item on the list is the Boys Definitive Edition Volume 1. This is the big one, folks. This is our uh, big Definitive Edition for for this series. We're excited about it. It's a $75 cover price. Uh, These were made to order. These are printed to order. So if if you're a comic shop or if you pre-ordered one, you've got one. If 
you did not pre-order one, hopefully your comic shop has ordered some extra copies and you'll be able to re- get yours if you haven't. It's gonna be uh, it's probably gonna be one of those pricey figures on eBay, so you're gonna want to be checking it out and and getting yourself a copy of it. Uh, this is written by obviously Garth Ennis and art by Derek Robertson. Uh, this definitive edition includes the boys number one through fourteen. There's going to be some slight tweaks that the creators have uh, meticulously gone through and restored. There's also some bonus art material. There's a script for uh, issue number one that Garth Ennis has provided, as well as a complete cover gallery. And there's some other stuff in there too. So, again, it's seventy-five dollars. It's well worth the money. This is a big book, and and we're really excited here at Dynamite to see this book finally hit the shelves, and we're looking forward to uh, checking out what the feedback is once all of you get your hands on it and check it out. Uh, two, the other two uh, hardcovers that we have, we have the Lone Ranger Volume 2 Lines Not Crossed hardcover. This has got a nineteen ninety nine cover price. It's written by series writer uh, Brett Matthews and art by Sergio Cariello, with art direction by John Cassidy. This uh, hardcover includes Lone Ranger number 7 through 11 and includes a complete Cassidy cover gallery, so you'll want to check that out. Our other hardcover is Jungle Girl Season 1. It's got a 19.99 cover price, and it's written by Frank Cho and Doug Murray and art by... Andrea Batista. This includes Jungle Girl Season 1, 0 through 5, along with a complete cover gallery featuring art of Cho and Batista, along with sketchbook material from Batista. So you're going to want to check out all that great. If you've checked this miniseries out, you know the art is gorgeous, and we're just trying to provide as much additional artwork as possible so you can check all of that out. Now, moving on to the monthly issues that we have, we've got Black Terror number two. This is uh, part of our project, Superpowers, uh, continuation, the building of that universe. This is uh, the new series. It's written by Jim Kruger and Alex Ross, art by our exclusive Mike Lilly. This issue has covers by Alex Ross, Mike Lilly, and George Tuska. Uh, we also have Zorro number nine coming out this week. This is the beginning of a new six-issue uh, story arc. So you'll, if you haven't checked out the first story arc, the origin story arc that Matt Wagner and Francesco Francavilla did, you'll want to check this out. Uh, this is obviously written by Matt Wagner, and we have uh, a new artist on this six-part story arc. It's Caesar Razek. So you'll want to check that out. It, this book has covers by Matt Wagner and Francesco Francavilla, so you're not going to be missing out on some Francavilla artwork, so be sure to pick this one up. Our last floppy book that's coming out this week is a brand new series. It's our Terminator Revolution. It's the first issue. It's got a cover price of $3.50. It's written by Simon Furman and art by Lou Antonio. This issue has covers by Richard Asanoff and Stefan Sejic. If you're as excited about the upcoming uh, new Terminator film as I am, and, and having seen uh, the new trailer the, uh, that was out this past week, um, I'm super excited. So I was glad that we have this uh, new series to sort of hold me over until the new movie hits. Uh, so I, if, if you're as excited as I am, I know you're going to want to check this out. Uh, it's it's written by Simon Furman. The guy knows uh, robots. He knows future. He, it, it's just, it's good. If you've checked out the original, the first miniseries that we had, you'll, you, you know what I mean. 
Well, those are the books we have coming out this week. Now, the next couple of weeks, we've got a, a bunch of new books coming out, and I'll just run down some of the, some of those books. We have Army of Darkness. There's a, we have a Christmas special for that. We have Red Sonia, number 40. We have The Boys, number 25. The Army in Darkness, Xena, What Again, uh, miniseries. The third issue of that is coming out. We have The Death-Defying Devil, number 2, which is another one of our Project Superpower series. We have Battlefields and Night Witches number three, which is the last part of that story. We have a new Highlander Kurgan number one. Well, it's a new Highlander series, and it's the first issue of the Kurgan. We also have Battlestar Galactica Cylon War number one, a brand new uh, miniseries for the Battlestar fans. And much like Terminator, Battlestar Galactica is coming up soon in January. And I'm... I've been catching up. I was one of those late bloomers and and latched on to this uh, probably the middle of the last season. And, and now I'm, I've all caught up and I'm excited about the new series coming up. Or the the final of this series coming up. Uh, we also have The Lone Ranger and Tonto number 2 and Army of Darkness number 16. A lot of good stuff coming up the next couple of weeks. Now, I teased all of you last week and said that I was going to have Christos Gage on the show this week, and I do. We, I was able to speak with uh, Christos earlier in the week. Gage's uh, six-issue run on Man With No Name wrapped up last week, so if you uh, haven't picked up that issue, be sure to head out and check and, and pick it up. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you hear that interview, and when we get finished uh, with that, uh, we'll finish out the show with a letter from one of the Dynamite fans. So I'll catch you on the flip. Well, let's see. I was talking with uh, Nick Barucci at New York Comic Con... I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I think it was last year. And, um, you know, we were talking about what I might do for Dynamite, and he mentioned that he got the license to Man With No Name, and I just, you know, was really excited about the opportunity to do it, about the challenge it would present. Obviously, I'm a big fan of the character in the movies. Um, and so I pitched a storyline that that uh, Nick and uh, and Joe got really excited about, and we, we just went ahead with it. It got approved by MGM, and, and we went ahead with it. Um, so that's how it all got started. Cool. Was, was there some sort of, you know, being a, a fan of the, the movies and all was, was there a lot of the movies, uh, was there a lot of information, a lot of stuff that you drew from that? Or did you try and create sort of a story, you know, that, uh, that was sort of an original? Well, <laughs> I, I did try to very much to stay true to the movies and, as far as drawing story elements, definitely from the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, I, you know, one of the things is, as a fan that's always stuck in my head is I always wondered, well, after the man with no name rides away with all that gold, what happens to him? What happens to the gold? Where is he going? So that was obvious, uh, an obvious, you know, plot point that, that I knew I could pick up and, and that I wanted to know the answer to, so I figured others might as well. Um, so from that movie, definitely we, we lifted... Uh, you know the premise, and also the use of Father Ramirez, the character from the, in the Spanish Mission. Uh, so there was quite a bit from from the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, and then just from the other films, and just in terms of staying true to the character. You know, I tried to keep to his speech patterns and the the pacing of the movies and that sort of thing. Yeah, I can. What is, what's been the feedback, or have you heard much feedback as far as far as the pacing and whatnot? Because it it does. I'd... Well. I... I think, you know, people seem to have liked it based on the comments I've seen online and the people who have come up to me at Wizard World Texas and other places. Uh, they seem to have liked it. I mean, it was interesting for me because, you know, approximating the pace of the movies in which 
long stretches go by where nobody says a word, and uh, you know, there's obviously that that great Sergio Leone pacing. Um, you know, I felt like it needed to have what, for want of a better word, I would call a more decompressed style than I usually use, uh, and that was a challenge for me. And but I I felt like it was definitely called for with this with this storyline because. You know, if you have like nine panels per page, it's not going to feel like the movie. It's going to feel a lot more cramped and and uh, dense and sort of, you know, the, the language of comics is unique unto itself. But um, the, I thought that the closest way to approximate the, the pacing and the feel of the movies was with a more uh, silent, decompressed style. And I think people seem to be responding positively to it. So, I mean, actually, if anything, I got some people who said that they felt that the man with no name talks too much in the in the comic, you know, more so than he did in the movies, which is probably true. But you know, when you don't have uh, actors, you know, when you when you don't have actual motion, and you know, you're using in comics the illusion of motion, and when you don't have you know, actors being able to raise an eyebrow or whatever, you know, do those tricks that, that real people can do, uh, you know, sometimes you need to have a little more dialogue. So. Well, and it, it seemed to give uh, your artist, uh, Diaz, uh, Wellington Diaz, uh, the opportunity to uh, do, a, do some storytelling on his own. Yeah, and I always like to try to do that with artists. I mean, they, you know, I, I've seen, uh, you know, scripts, comic scripts that, that dictate everything from the angle to the positioning of the characters, and I've never felt that that was my job as a writer to do. I think that the artists are you know, the, the visual geniuses of the process, and I, I think it's best to let them use their storytelling talents um, and, and tell, you know, be a full partner in the storytelling process. So, I mean, if you're Alan Moore, it's one thing, but I don't consider myself to be Alan Moore to describe every last detail. I think, you know, the artists I'm working with are all talented people, and they should have the opportunity to, you know, tell the story the way they feel it's best to tell it, and that's usually how you get the best work out of an artist. So I definitely wanted that to be the case. So you, you didn't give a, a whole lot of art direction, or just and just well, like... not. A, I mean, you know, the way I work is in a panel. I describe what's happening in the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, if yeah, I mean, sometimes if I feel it's important for it to be a close up or you know a uh, you know a bird's eye view or something like that, then I'll specify it. But for the most part, I leave it up to the artist to decide. You know, I'm not I'm not one to say, you know. Um, we're looking over so-and-so's shoulder at the other character as he shoots his gun. Uh, unless I feel that that's important for a particular story point, I, I, leave the, I leave it up to the artist, you know, how they want to stage the sequence, because really that's, you know, that's, that's what they're good at. And I think that if you, if you make an artist feel like they're just sort of, you know, you're giving them the orders and they're, they're just kind of constrained by your script, I think that, they're, they may do a great job, but they don't feel as much like they're an active partner in the storytelling process. So, yeah, and you can definitely uh, tell that w- with a writer and artist team where uh, where there's been a lot of constraint from a, from a writer, and when an mm-hmm. artist really allows himself to or is allowed to sort of just have free reign on on stuff. Yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously there are exceptions. You know, we all know that. You know, we've all seen the Alan Moore scripts where he literally describes every last detail of the panel, and I have yet to hear an artist complain about that because his scripts are just so brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I said, I'm not Alan Moore, and I don't pretend to be. And <laughs> <laughs> I figure I'll let the artist, uh, you know, have some have some rope, as it were. Yeah. Well, it also allows the artist to have a little fun too. So. Yeah, absolutely, and that's you know, this is comics; it should be fun. Exactly. Um, you're talking about uh, telling a decompressed story. Um, it was it. Was that a challenge for you, having, you know, you've 
you've done quite a bit of work, you know, with Marvel and a lot of a lot of team books and stuff like that, where there's a lot of characters, so there's a lot of dialogue and whatnot, and you're trying to tell a story fairly, you know, within a short amount of issues, but a lot of stuff going on. Was it was it a challenge for you as a as a writer to sort of allow yourself to give more space, more time to tell a story? Yeah, it was challenging because, like I said, it's not what I'm used to, and I felt like, you know, it was called for in this case, but it didn't come as second nature to me. If anything, I always have to watch myself not to make the pe- the pages too crowded and not to have too much going on on a page. Uh, so, But I felt like it was good because it it's helped me stretch a new set of muscles and, you know, try things a different way, and I think any time you challenge yourself as a creative person, it's a good thing. Now your your story, uh, Saints and Sinners, is only six issues, and then Luke yes. Lieberman, or um, I hopefully I pronounced that correctly, is uh, is coming in on the next issue. Did you two uh, talk talk about you know what he's got coming up, or, or sort of what you were trying? No, we to... we didn't. I mean, I think you know one of the things when I first talked to Nick and Joe from the start was that this wasn't going to be a series that it, it happens in a linear fashion. You know, uh, I mean, we we felt like. You know, once a story arc comes to an end and a new story arc starts, they could take place in wildly different points in time. You could go from a storyline about the man with no name as a young man to a storyline about him in the Civil War to a storyline about him as an old man, you know, a story about how he first met Tuco or whatever you want to do. So, um, I mean, to that end, it didn't really seem like, you know, it was necessary. I mean, just let those guys do what they want to do and, what storyline intrigues them the most. So that's kind of, you know, the approach that the series takes. And I think it's a good one because why lock yourself in? Exactly. Well, does this mean that you're going to possibly come back be telling some of those stories? It's possible. Um, I mean, originally I was going to come on, you know, as an ongoing writer, and, you know, about halfway through I was like, wow, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's it's hard both because you're trying to stay true to the movies and also because Westerns are, are hard. You don't have... You know, you can't bring in a guy who can, you know, shoot lasers out of his eyes to change things up a little bit. You've got guys with guns, and you're operating often within a historical landscape where, you know, you want to sort of, you don't want to contradict the actual history of the American West. So there's a lot of research involved. Uh, so, you know, I said, well, you know, rather than sort of get burnt out and maybe, you know, not tell the best story, better to let other people come in and do their thing and maybe come back down the road uh, and, tell another story if the opportunity comes up so you know i haven't got any immediate plans my plan my plate is pretty full but um uh, you know it's definitely a character i i enjoy and there's always the chance that i'll come back and tell another story what do you think at the end of your story uh saints and sinners did you uh do you think you left blondie with a little bit of redemption or uh well it's interesting because in in the movies you know he's not an altruistic person but when he runs across a situation where um, he can help somebody, you know, he, he he commits small acts of kindness, like when he, you know, offers his coat to a dying soldier in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and and things like that. Um, and I kind of felt like in this case, I mean, I didn't feel like it was completely, you know, where he felt like he needed to get right with God or anything. I felt like it was as much the fact that he knew that as long as he had all that money, that he, that he was going to be pursued to the ends of the earth. So, you know, I, I I don't feel like he gave them every last penny. I think he probably kept enough to keep them going for a while. But you know, I think he felt like, screw this, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take enough to get me by for a while. And you know, if there's some folks who need this, and what the hell, I'll leave it. You know, I'll leave it for him. So 
I mean, that that was kind of my approach. Uh, he's always been sort of an interesting, complex character. He does good things, but sometimes he just stands by and watches someone get hurt. But, you know, you can definitely tell he's got his own code of honor. It might not be yours and mine. It might not be everybody's, but it's it's strong and it, you know, it makes sense. Cool. Um, well, kind of to, to wrap up here a little bit, you said you've got a lot of stuff on your plate. Uh, you've got any more Dynamite work coming up? Ah, uh, there's a, a Red Sonia story that I wrote uh, that I think Pablo Marcos is drawing, which I really enjoy working with him. I, I, you know, I read his stuff when I was a kid in the '70s, and and uh, he's just he's still great. Uh, he drew another one of my Sonia stories, and it was it really turned out nicely. Uh, so I think that'll probably come out in a special of some kind. I don't know if it'll be an annual or special or what. Um, so that's still to come out. Um, as far as other work. I mean, Nick and I are always talking, but there's nothing firm right now. But, you know, there's I mean, one of the things he always says to me is, what properties do you like? You know, what property should I get a license for? And, you know, I have my own suggestions. And, <laughs> you know, he goes out and sees if he can get them. And if he can, then, you know, I'll be back in the fold. But, uh, you know, like I said, my plate for the next few months is a little full. But, you know, Nick and I are always talking about what, what could be next. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see me back doing some more Dynamite stuff in the near future. I appreciate Christos taking a few minutes to talk with us about uh, his work with Man With No Name. The Red Sonia project he was referring to will be uh, the next Red Sonia annual that we'll have coming out. Uh, that should be available to all of you uh, maybe in February. I think that's that's one we're shooting for. So uh, be sure to keep your eyes and ears open for more information either on our website or here on the podcast. Now, in our Ask Dynamite segment, we didn't have this plan, but it just sort of works out that uh, Brian writes us and says, It was cool how the bone of St. Anthony saved Blondie. Christos Gage wrote a sick story, and Wellington Davis's art is sweet. Huge fan. What Brian was talking about was the wrap-up of Christos Gage's run on Man With No Name, and we hope all the fans of the series will stick around for the next arc, which is written by Luke Lieberman and Matt Wolpert. And after that, we'll be having Chuck Dixon come on to the series. So we're looking forward to all of that. Well, I appreciate all of you for listening to this show, uh, this episode, and each and every week I try and bring you all that there is about Dynamite for that week in the news, previews, new releases, upcoming releases, uh, some words from those involved in the comic books we're publishing, and we're trying to bring it all to you. We thank you for all your support this year, and we're hoping to finish this year out strong and Get 2009 started off with a bang. Uh, Be sure to come by the site and see what we have going on there. You can find the site at dynamiteentertainment.com. And while you're over there, you can connect with all the Dynamite faithful on the message board, uh, which can be found at dynamiteentertainment.com forward slash boards, or you can click on our forum link at the top of the site. Again, thank you for listening, and I hope all of you have a great week, and we'll see you next week here on the podcast.